worship last week in a long time. And I was so excited to see your faces. I preached way too long, so I've got to kind of watch that this week. I was so used to just preaching to a camera, which is not nearly as, as uh, interesting as seeing all of you folks out there. And I just want to thank those of you who took the time to come out here today. It's um, kind of countercultural to show up in person and, uh, and hang out with us, so I'm just blessed that you're here. We're doing a sermon series on work, on vocation, and what the Bible says about work and vocation. The Bible says an awful lot about work and vocation. And one of the biggest complaints that we pastors get is that you're real good about preaching about Bible reading and prayer and stuff, but you never talk about what happens to us Monday through Friday, because that's the time when Christians are engaged in the world. And uh, we want to remedy that. So we're doing a sermon series on our vocation, and that doesn't necessarily mean paid work. It's what God calls us to do every day. The truth is, it's not our job to earn a living. It's our job to heed God's calling and do what he asks us to do. And it's God's job to provide for us if we do that. That's how that works. God's job to provide for us. So we're looking at a sermon series called God at Work. And we're looking at Luke 22, if you want to turn your Bibles there. There's been a lot of disruption in work. I was just talking with Phil before the service, and, and he had some commission stuff cut and some of his... Uh, Work cut. My friend Jan, who's listening online from Wisconsin right now, is part of our men's group on Monday mornings. They scaled him back to 60%, and of course, still want him to, to do all of his work, but uh, the pay is scaling back. And that's happening to a lot of people. A lot of people have lost or been furloughed, lost work, been furloughed. And uh, it's a disrupting time for work right now. And even if you've got full time work, it's stressful because we're finding different ways to do that work. We, uh, we had no idea how to broadcast, really. We kind of dabbled with it a little bit. But Kim and Alan and, and some others there have really worked out how to do this. And it's been challenging. I hope I never have to look back at my first couple of online sermons. I just uh, I think that would be embarrassing to, to have to go back and look at that. But we've come a long ways. We've adjusted, and we've tried to make this thing work. And it's all about flexibility and faithfulness to God. So today, we're going to talk about a paradox in the Bible. Because in North America, there is a myth. Who's seen the TV show Mythbusters? The TV show Mythbusters. Well, there'd be like a myth that uh, somebody tied a whole bunch of helium balloons to his uh, lawn chair and it went up into the air, you know, and he shot the, the balloons to kind of lower himself. And they, they try it out to see if it's real, you know, to see if these things are real. Call it Mythbusters. Well, I'd like to, to bust one of our myths today. And here's one of the North American myths. I have to say North American now used to say American, but we've got so many Canadian listeners, and we have a Canadian daughter church, the well at Wild Rose Country. And so the North American myth that work is about self-fulfillment. It's about what we can get out of it. What do we talk about if you don't have work? I got to get a, get a job. I hope I get a good salary. I hope I can land this. I hope I can land that. And we talk about what's coming toward us rather than what's going out from us. And there's a paradox in the Bible that's going to be really interesting. And it's just all the way through the Bible, especially with Jesus. And we just had a prayer meeting beforehand talking about this. It was just a wonderful time to get together. There's a myth that work is about what we can get out of it. I hope I can get a prestigious job, a meaningful job. I don't want to just flip hamburgers. I want a meaningful job, and I, I want that job to be important, and I want to feel good about it, and I want to get paid a lot. 
I wanna, I wanna, I wanna. Do you see this sort of recurring thing here? And ironically, that's not the way the Bible goes about it. There's a fascinating story in Luke 22. If you want to turn your Bibles to Luke 22, 24 through 30. A dispute arose among them, and these are the 12. These are Jesus' students, disciples. He was the rabbi, they were the students. It was a school. It was a traveling school. They went around and, and did lab work by actually laying hands on people and praying for them and doing the stuff rather than just hearing it from books. They were traveling outdoor school, probably somewhat socially distant as they're walking around out there. Although they had crowds of three to 5,000, and uh, I'm sure that that was something we don't see a lot of right now. A dispute arose among the students as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. And this happens in almost every organization. Who's in charge? How can I get promoted? How do I get uh, more authority here? How do I have my voice stand out? And people in committee meetings often wrangle for, for influence. And they, who's going to be the greatest? Who are we going to listen to here? Who here has never experienced office politics? Just, just checking. It's a, there's that sort of, a, what do we call it, a, a musical chairs game where we're just shooting for that one chair all the time. I want to sit near the boss. Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles, and the Gentiles are people that are not Jewish, lord it over them. And those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. And here's a trick question. Jesus is often asking trick questions. Who is greater, the one who is at table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who's at the table? And everybody thinks, oh, yeah, the person being served is the greater. But he or she is not the greater. It's a trick. It's a trap question. I'm sure all the disciples said, oh, it's the one at the head of the table. But I am among you as one who serves. If you remember nothing else from today's message, remember that line. Let's say it together. But I am among you, among as, you. As, one who serves. as one who serves. When I was first planting a church in Chimicum, Washington, I went to visit a fellow church planter in Olympia, Washington. And in front of the church, right here along this wall, was, it was called Christ the Servant was the name of the church. And in big letters it said, I am among you as one who serves. And that made an impression on me that Jesus said that, and that was right up there at the front of the church. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, verse 28, 29, and I confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Who thinks that's a rather high position? But the way to that position is not by grabbing for it. The way to that position is through serving. And that is the paradox of the New Testament. That's the paradox of Jesus' teaching. It's not for going after those things. Jesus even says, don't go try to sit at the top of the table because you'll be embarrassed if they send you down. Sit at the bottom of the table and wait till you're asked forward. And you'll be asked forward if you're good at what? Serving. We get asked forward if we serve. We promote people who show up early, serve the customer, and get stuff done. That's the way forward. It's not by grabbing after things or wanting to be fulfilled. I want to make sure I find a job that fulfills me. It's like, you complete me job, you know, that kind of thing. It's just, uh, it's silly. 
But he says here, the way to cosmic influence, I mean, the, sitting at the table of the Lord and judging the 12 tribes of Israel, that's pretty high up there. And you get there through serving. I love this picture. Satisfaction comes from getting, not from get, from giving. No, I said it wrong. Thank you, Mr. Freud. Satisfaction comes from giving, not from getting. And a lot of us would love to come out of college and skip those service-oriented jobs right away. I don't want to do something like that. I was uh, driving through the desert a couple days ago, and there were a whole bunch of cars parked on the side of the road near an agricultural area. What does that mean? There's people out there what? Working. My cousins uh, grew up in McMinnville, Oregon, and there was lots of berries there, and they were always out there picking berries. I don't think we see that these days with the kids that we know to go out there and do that and do the kind of service oriented work that really trains us for service of other people. And sometimes starting at a who here started at a really lowly job and you're glad you did. It, it gives you something. It gives you some sense of um, understanding that kind of work. If you skip right from high school to a posh college to a trust fund to a, a, a board or in a job, you miss the whole thing. And you miss that, that sense of, of working your way up by serving other people. And there's something wonderful about doing that. Joan has been serving foreign students for years, and she gets so much out of it, not just the money that comes in, but the relationships that come of that. You often bring them here to church to the well, and we get to meet them. And we're, you know, they still can connect with us once in a while on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. And it's wonderful to see. It comes from giving, not from going after and grabbing. There is a curse associated with work. And I want to show you today how to break the curse. And Pastor Tamara is going to lead us in some ministry time at the end on breaking the curse. And there's a curse in the Bible. And that might sound creepy weird, but there is one. It's in Genesis. And in Genesis, God says to Adam, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. And when Adam was accused of this, he didn't just try to get out of it. He blamed his wife and God, the woman you gave me. I mean, think about it. That's not, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't ever make sense to blame God for stuff because he'll get you for that. And, uh, and the snake, uh, well, you know, he had some issues too, but he didn't have a leg to stand on. But I'll move on from there. Because, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree. I'm a dad. I can tell dad jokes. And have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. What is the next word here? Cursed is the ground for your sake, and toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you shall return. How do you think he felt after living in Eden and then being kicked out and getting this curse? So God put a curse on labor. And that curse can be reversed. We're going to talk about how to reverse the curse. And we're going to lead you in prayer to break that curse. If there's still a curse on you that your work is drudgery, and it's just something you have to put up with, we're going to break that curse because you're still living in the curse and you don't need to. 
no matter how menial your job is. And every job has menial sides to it. You know what I really respect? I've gone to a couple of mega churches just to visit. And once I saw a senior pastor walking by, he saw a cigarette butt on the ground. He picked it up. I just think that's cool. Here is the senior pastor of the whole place, and he's picking up cigarette butts. There, there, there's stuff like that in every job. In every job, there's taking out the garbage. It's just part of every work, every job. And other tasks as assigned, your job description says, which could be anything. And uh, we're going to talk about how to break that curse. No matter how menial your job is, it doesn't have to be a curse. It can be a blessing, even if it seems menial to the world, because you're serving other people when you're doing it. And that's a great blessing. I'm going to introduce you to a person who's becoming a really cool friend of mine. His name is Lynn Theraldson. And Lynn attends our Monday morning men's Bible study, which spans the country. We have people from four different area codes, not area codes, time zones. And uh, every Monday morning, you can join us at 7 o'clock. We're on Zoom. And Lynn joined the group. Lynn grew up on a farm in the Midwest. And Lynn was one of the youngest of lots of siblings. He told this story last week as we we're discussing this passage. And he hated chores on the farm. And those chores were moving a lot of S-word stuff around, you know, literally. Just a lot of buckets and a lot of shovels and a lot of gook. And he hated it. And then he had a spiritual awakening as a teenager, a big spiritual awakening. Who here has had a collision with God where you just, all of a sudden, you just think, wow, there's something going on here. And he had this collision with God. And he showed up at work the next day, and he realized, I'm serving my parents. And he started to find joy in what he was doing. And his parents started to promote him up through the siblings. And he landed a scholarship at a college, and off he went. And he's done really, really well with his life. He's approaching 80 years old. He, he's, got, uh, he's got the physique of even like Robert back there. He's just, he goes to the gym all the time. He's got a way of working out. He's working full time. And he says, I found joy in work because of a spiritual awakening. I reversed the curse. And we all can reverse the curse. If we, if we get to the point where work becomes like a curse and drudgery, we can ask the Lord, I need to reverse the curse here. Because that curse from Adam has been turned around. And here it is in Galatians. Galatians 3, verse 13, if you'd like to look at this. This is Jesus reversing the curse. Now, if Jesus reverses the curse, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be reversed for us. We have to let that sink in. We have to appropriate that. We have to let that sink into our lives. Jesus reversed the curse, but we have to receive that reversal. Does that make sense? Otherwise, we're still living under the, the curse. And work, no matter what your work can be, can be a joy if you're serving other people. Even if you're shoveling stuff in the barn, you realize, I'm serving my parents, and I love my parents. I want my parents to do well, because if they do well, I'm going to do well. And that changed his life. It changed his work. And he's gone on to do all kinds of different things. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And the blessing of Abraham might come upon Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The curse is reversed for everybody who receives Christ. It's available for all of us. 
and to take out the garbage because we're serving our families. To uh, my thing is is the kitty litter box, and that's one of my little things. And uh, uh, Wendy puts away the the food from from dinner because I hate putting food in the little things and putting in the fridge. It's just I'd rather just scoop the litter. It's just easier. And I do that, and it has to be done. And we've all got jobs like that. We've all got things we do like that. But if you do it out of love for your family and out of love for the Lord, you can reverse the curse. You can scoop kitty litter to the glory of God. It can be done. It's a paradox. The paradox is, this is in uh, Matthew 10.39. If you cling to your life and cling to your position and cling to going after status and all those things, You'll lose it. But if you give up your life in service, you will find it. The big secret to Christian vocation is it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about serving others. It's about the Lord. It's about serving customers and family and our country. What do we call people who've served in the military? Whenever I see people in an airport who are in uniform, I always say thank you for your service. Why? Because they're serving there. When were you in the service? And that is a way of serving. How much, how much do you want to bet people who are in the military, who see it as service, get a lot more out of it, have a lot more joy, and go farther in the service? They do, because they see it as something, a higher calling. That's something Bruce mentioned at our, at our prayer meeting this morning. It, uh, they see it as part of a bigger deal. And that's just a really, really key thing. Who thinks that we can, in our daily work, continue to reverse the curse if we see that creeping in? When you see that creeping in, just say to yourself, reverse the curse, Jesus. I, I want to find joy in what I'm doing right now. And that joy will be in serving other people and adding value to my company, to my family, to my country, to my church, to volunteer at church. Volunteering at church has fallen sort of on hard times, especially in parts of California where people are used to paying people to do things. But volunteering at church and just helping out, putting chairs away, laying out things and and uh, making stuff work. Tonight, we've got a, a wonderful party. We'd love to have you come back. 5.30 to 7 out here on the patio. We're going to do social distanced, very safe uh, games. We're going to have the World Championship of Cornhole, in case you want to uh, take part in that. And we've got uh, magnetic darts. And we've got music tonight. Jen's going to be singing. And uh, a bunch of musicians are going to be doing their thing. And I'm going to be doing a little bit of an encouraging talk. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. But that thing tonight, you know, come a little early, leave a little late, help out. You'll find more joy in helping out than you will in going to the party. There's something about that. There's something about pitching in and taking part. And then every time we do that, we reverse the curse. And we find joy in what we do. Linda Hines over here worked for a dentist for years. And this dentist loved his patients. And uh, if they couldn't afford to pay, they paid what they could afford. And he took care of them. And Linda loved going to work there. Why? Because he saw his dentistry as a, as a service. And he lived a very good life, by the way, and did very well and was very prosperous. But he got there to greatness through service. I, I love doing funerals. I, I, I really do. because. It's really fun to see the people who you wouldn't expect have wonderful speeches made over them. Why? Almost always. It's never because, oh, they became an executive vice president of something. They don't, people don't say that at funerals. They say, 
this person made sure all the old ladies at church got a hug before he left. That's what they say. Those are the things that count. In the, lay up treasures in, in heaven. Do the kind of things that are of service to one another, helping each other out as best you can. So some practicalities. A spiritual transformation is necessary. Lynn Theraldson had a spiritual transformation on the farm, and it changed the curse to a blessing, his work. Same work, different attitude. And we need, you can't just decide to serve people. Sure you can, that'll help. But it helps to have a spiritual awakening. And if that flame has sort of started to flicker, we'd love to have you come on our Alpha course. That's also coast to coast. We're starting our third Alpha course on October the 7th. Alan back here is going to be my XO, and uh, he's going to help me out with that. And people's faith comes alive on this course. And it's a wonderful thing. If you guys know people whose faith has never come alive, invite them to come on this course. Or if your faith is faltering, or you're listening to me right now, Tamara's going to give you the information you need to sign up during the announcement. So a spiritual transformation helps a lot. True fulfillment, a paradox, comes not from getting a job or getting paid, not pad, getting pad, getting paid, but from serving. The third one, whom am I loving? Whom am I serving? We show people that we love them by service. In fact, who's read the five love languages book? It's a real, real popular Christian book for the last whatever. One of those love languages is acts of service. And some people love it, just absolutely love it when you, when they, they get acts of service done for them. And if you know people like that, that works way better than a fancy card or a gift. Whatsoever we do unto the least of these, serving people who need help. That's always a big one, too. The, uh, the, the guy who was beaten up on the road to Jericho, helping out when we can and serving people, not in a dependent sort of way. I don't... This guy who helped the, the person on the way to Jericho didn't stay with him and didn't continue to pay into his life the rest of his life. He helped him, got, got things going, and moved on. Jesus did the same thing. When he would heal people and cast out demons, they'd say, can I come along? He said, no, go back, and tell, go, go back and tell your people what I've done for you. It wasn't a dependency kind of thing that went on and on and on. It was a meet your need right now, pray for you, and move on. But helping the least of these. Who thinks there's a lot of least of these around these days? A lot of folks, a lot of folks could use some help, could use a hand up. Revelation 22, verse 3. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. In the end, folks, we're all going to be serving. Heaven isn't a place where people serve us like some club met in the sky. It's a place where we serve and the joy is magnified because the curse will be gone will have completely reversed the curse. We'll still be serving. We'll be serving one another, serving the Lord, and the joy will be magnified with that. So, next week, we're going to talk about cobbling together a vocational life because work has been so disrupted. And we're going to give you some really practical biblical tips for putting together a vocational life in this day and age. In my grandfather's age, people worked for 25 years, got a gold watch, and went on retirement to a vested retirement. That doesn't exist anymore. We cobble things together now. And we're going to talk about how that's really biblical. The Apostle Paul did that. He had all kinds of vocations, did a lot of different things, and was able to put them together. 
So we're going to talk about uh, biblical construction of all of those things. And now we're going to move on to a time of reversing the curse. There we go. Thank you, House. Um, I was thinking as you were talking about menial things in my office job, um, I often have done plumbing work, fixing our toilets in the girls' bathroom. Um, I've replaced the lid on the toilet seat. I've scrubbed floors. Um, and that's not my job. I could have very easily gone to the warehouse guys because that is their job to do it. Um, but my coworker and I, Debbie and I both feel that, you know, if something's wrong, we can do it. We don't need to go and get the guys. They're usually really busy anyways. Um, but you know, fixing a toilet, I really don't like doing that, but it's something that I do to help out and to help my boss and to save money for the company. And, um, we laugh about it because I have stood in dirty toilet water on the floor while the toilet's flooding, trying to fix it. So um, everybody can do stuff. I clean out chicken coops. That is fun. It's not. But the chickens bring me joy, so I'll, I want to keep them comfortable and, and happy. So I will, I will clean out their coop. And they're poop. <laughs> so there are so many things that we can do. Um, and I'm going to add one to your practicalities because this happened to me this week is that if we are not rested, we're not going to find joy in anything. And um, I hadn't, I had been doing way too much and I hadn't taken the time out for rest and for just doing something fun for me. It had been because I do take care of my mom and all the household stuff. And, you know, we don't really go anywhere because everything's closed still here in California. And I just all of a sudden wasn't having joy in anything. And so I think it's Graham Cook said that rest is a weapon against the evil one. And so um, when you start to not like your job or just not find joy in in your job or anything that you do, um, you need to do a self-check. Check how your relationship with God is. Have you been in the Word? Have you been praying? Have you been um, resting in Him? And I will guarantee one of those things are out of whack. It might be all three of them. It might be just one. For me, it was the rest part. I hadn't taken myself away from my duties and so I spent five and a half hours out of the house with a good friend of mine, and we played. We went to downtown Disney, we shopped, we ate. It was fantastic. And I came back home and had to scrub the floors, and I'm like, all right. And I was singing and scrubbing the floors. Not my favorite thing to do, but I was able to find joy in what I was doing because now my house will be clean, and um, I'm helping my mom and my family. So check, do that self-check. Make sure you're rested. Make sure you're in line with God. Make sure your prayer life is there. Make sure you're in his word, and that will definitely help. So for um, breaking the curse, why don't you guys stand up? We'll do some prayer time here. 
And again, I never plan anything. When he said I was going to do ministry, I went, oh, I better, okay, Lord, you need to do something because I don't know what to do on this. And so as always, I I really let the Holy Spirit guide me. I never plan, generally never plan what I'm going to say or what we're going to do. And so um, we're just going to wait on the Holy Spirit. And so, Father God, we just ask you to come right now. We ask you, Lord, to search our hearts, Lord, and reveal to us um, where the curse is lying. What um, do we need to break so that we can find joy in serving, whether it's our boss, our family, our church, um, co-workers, wherever it is, Lord. Reveal to us where we may be um, blocking or living in that curse. Holy Spirit, just come and show us. Um, for the broadcast, we had a, somebody uh, just come up with a prophetic word, and he saw a mantle, and it may be a new mantle that you're putting on, or it may be a mantle that you need to take off, and we're going to ask the Lord to show us which way that is. That's paraphrasing. I'm sorry, Bill. Mm-hmm. Now, the prophetic word we had is that um, we need to seek God's perfect will and ask him what he wants us to do and ask him to bring joy in that and that um, and joy in our passion serving him in his perfect will. Thank you. 
And uh, the last one was um, Satan is the one that um, causes battles and causes fear and causes turmoil and causes hate and anger. And that if we ask the Lord to help us that and we follow him fully, that he will lead us away from that and he will protect us from that and he will give us joy and um uh, help us to respond not in hate and anger, but to respond in love and in joy, grace and mercy. Father God, we um, just come before you, Lord, and we ask now that you break the curse, the curse of toil and grumbling and of um, not wanting to serve but to get. And so, Lord, break that curse in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we ask now that you... Fill us with a joy that's overflowing. We ask that you fill us with a passion and with a joy for work and for serving, Lord, and help us to um, do everything for your glory. Help us to do everything to serve another one, uh, one another. Help us, Lord, to do our work as if we were doing it for you whether it's washing dishes or scrubbing floors or working on a car or doing book work or cleaning out stalls or coops or whatever it may be, Lord, help us to do it as doing it to glorify you. Help us to do it in worship for you and to serve another. Put on our hearts, Lord, a passion for your will and for your work. Put in our hearts, Lord, a passion to serve one another in love and in joy with grace and mercy. Lord, cancel out anything else. Lord, today we come to you and we want to do your will. We want to be partners in this life, not dragging you behind us or not having you so far ahead of us that we don't know what's going on, but to be partners, to walk side by side with you so that the work we do is to bring glory to you and that we are doing it for you. Lord, help us that when we get out of sorts and we start grumbling and complaining about our work, that we do that self-check, Lord. Help us to rest during those times. Help us to lean into you in your word and in prayer. Help us to do your will, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your son who broke the curse, who died for us on the cross to break that curse so that we could live in freedom and victory. Help us to receive it, Lord. And Lord, for those that have not accepted you as Lord, Turn their hearts towards you, Lord. Yeah, shoot. Let's just do a call. Pray after me. Father God, we screw up at times. We're just going to do the language here. It doesn't matter. 
Lord, we are not perfect, and there are times we do not follow you. Lord, help us to do your will. Lord, we want to accept you as Christ through our whole being. Lord, we want um, Christ to be our mindset. We want Christ in our heart. We want your words from our lips. We want to hear your words in our ears. And we want to see with your eyes. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Lord, we love you. And we thank you for all that you have given us. Amen. Yay, that's right. I like that. Yay. (laughs) That's a good one. Yay. All right. Um, We're going to do communion today, but we're going to do it after. Um, One, because I forgot my cup, so I'm hoping someone will bring one up to me. But um, we do want to get to know you and pray for you. Thank you, sir. And um, so for those of you that are here, please fill out a connection card. And then for you that are online, you can email your prayers um, to me, Tamara underscore Dorica at yahoo.com. And uh, because we love to pray for you. And so I usually send out Monday night, Tuesday morning, our prayer requests. So please try to get them in during that time. And speaking of prayer, we are still doing September till what? Wednesday is the last day of September. So we're praying for teachers and students. And then for those of you who are here, you should have received your October prayer card where we are praying for our first responders, both fire and police, CHP, sheriff. Don't you think they need it right now? Yes. So we're going to be praying all month for them and for their families, for the abundance. And I'll have that whole list on Facebook page for you or in our group. And then um, you'll get um, more for that next week as well. And then our October Bibles readings will be coming next week as well. But I'll start putting those up on October 1st for you on Facebook. As Hal said, we are going to be um, starting Alpha on October 7th. It will be at Wednesday. That's a Wednesday night. Um, So it'll be every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Please join us. It's on Zoom. If you'd like more information, you can, or to register, you can um, contact House at hbhouse at gmail.com. This is a time to really get to know who God is, who the Holy Spirit is, who Jesus is, what your faith is about, how to develop a deeper faith. Um, They have healing prayer times. It's really a way, if you need a boost, if you you can say, oh, I've been in church for years, I know all about this. Trust me, you will learn something because we all need a boost every so often. I don't know how many, how many alpha classes have I done with you? A lot. Um, but there's times that I need to go back and get a boost. So please join us Wednesdays starting October 7th at 6 p.m. Um, email house to register and we'll get you the Zoom link and all that good stuff. Teacher training, 4 p.m. tonight is the history of communion and how to give communion. So there are a lot of people. I was told once I could not give communion. Um, this was a long time ago. We were going to do a young adult Bible study um, weekend away, we we're going to Big Bear, and we wanted to do communion. And I was told by um, someone in the church that I was not allowed to do communion because I was not a pastor. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem right. So I went to our senior pastor, Pastor John Berdowski, and I said, 
I was just told I couldn't do communion. He goes, I give you my blessing, do it. Okay, so that's all I needed. <laughs> he gave me my blessing. He gave me the blessing and just do it because we were asking for communion supplies. So instead of asking for communion supplies, we just went and got bread and some grape juice and did it ourselves. And we had a beautiful communion service up in the mountains. And so that was the first time I had served communion outside of the church. And um, so anyone can serve communion, but you need to know how and how do we do this and and that type of stuff. When I first did, I really I knew what we did in church, but I didn't know how to do it. So we kind of just made it up as we went, but it was beautiful. It was really fun. So join us tonight at four o'clock on Zoom. And again, if you don't have the Zoom link, contact house, hbhouse at gmail.com and he will let you know. Um, tonight, again, five, um, I, we've been advertising five, then we were told it's 530. If you come at five, we will be ready for you. So you could eat from five to 530 and and then at 5.30, we could start the program. How's that? But we'll be done by, yes, Wendy? Yes. So we want, what this is kind of self-serve, okay? Because of social distancing and all that, we're asking you to bring your own chair. Bring a, a small dinner or snack, whatever you need to keep you satisfied. Because we're not, a lot, we're not supposed to be serving food. So bring um, your dinner. And come and join us. We're going to have like house head games, cornhole, which is one of my favorites. Um, I think we're having COVID bingo. We're having playing COVID bingo. We'll see how that one works. Um, and we're going to have some worship time and we're going to have a short message by house. And um, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be, remember one of those times that you can get some rest and fellowship that's not, that's different from work. So come early if you can help set up. Stay a little bit later if you can help clean up. And uh, we'll see you tonight. Uh, ties and offerings. Uh, for those of you that here, there's envelopes on the chair, so you can put your checks or cash in there. Uh, put them in the connection box where your connection card is supposed to go to. It is the brown box by the door, the back door there. Um, so go ahead and slip that stuff in there. If you're giving cash and putting it in the envelope, please put your first and last name and the date on there. Thank you. And then if you would like, you can go to our website. You can do text giving. You can go PayPal. You can go to our Faith Life app. All that is on a document that you can find on tinyurl.com slash Malachi310giving. And then there's also our patreon.com slash worldwide web site where you can. Why, why do I always say worldwide web? Oh, my gosh. World wide well we need to change that no i'm just kidding um worldwide well so another way to give just go check it out i'm done no <laughs> uh, let's um grab your communion stuff for those of you at home hopefully you have your bread and your juice and uh, let's get our hearts ready for communion um father god we just thank you that we can come together and that we can worship together and fellowship together Lord, um, on the cross, you broke the curse. But before that, you told us that to take the bread as you broke it. And you said, this is my body and it's broken for you. I'm doing this so you do not have to live in the curse any longer. I am setting you free. When you do this, eat it and remember this. Go ahead and eat the bread.
And Lord, where the people thought it was a curse that your your side was pierced and your blood was poured out, um, that was just a fulfilling of prophecy. And again, so that we no longer had to live under the curse of the law. It was so that we can live in freedom, that we can be free of sin, and that we can live with you and your Father forever and ever. And so at supper on that Thursday night, or whatever night it was, we believe it's a Thursday, he said this, he took the cup of wine and he said, look at this, this is my blood. I'm going to be pierced for you and my blood is going to be shed for you so that your sins will be wiped away and that you will be white as snow, that you will be clean and forgiven. So drink when you drink this cup, remember that, that this is my blood and I shed it for you so that you can live in freedom. Go ahead and drink that. Father, thank you. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for breaking the curse for us. That we no longer have to live under it. That we can live in freedom and victory. Free from sin. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, my people, that is it. Have a fantastic week. We hope to see you back here tonight. And for those of you online, see ya. We will see you back here next week. Bye.